0: Clear Lake, Kima, Galveston Bay, an area of Houston synonymous with NASA and aerospace. Also, the go to destination for those sailing and boating enthusiasts. When it comes to sailing, there's no better place to visit than Windward Sea Venture, located in Kima. This is Sea Venture Radio, a weekly radio show dedicated to those who love life on the bay.
1: Welcome to Sea Venture Radio on Vinyl Draft Radio. Thank you for joining us. And as always, you can come see us on Pier 3 in lovely Waterford Harbor. Check out our website, windwardseaventure.com, or keep up with us on Facebook or Instagram. I'm Daryl Hannes. And I'm Kevin Vetnar, and we're keeping you
2: up to date with what's going on here in the largest boating community in the nation. Third largest boating community <laughs> here in
1: the nation here in Colegate, Texas. Uh, you know, I, I make that mistake a lot myself. Uh, first, I need to apologize because um, I got here a little earlier than normal and got to the office and stopped by there a little earlier than normal. And I didn't have the ladies there yet in the morning to dress me, so I've got my work hat on. It's a little, uh, f- <laughs> little dirty and stinky and smelly, but uh, they usually check me before I walk out the door, but I got out before they got there, so i uh, got to apologize for this uh, hat I'm wearing. Well,
2: that's that's what, what you're going to look like on the dock when anybody shows up anyway, so you know they'll, they'll recognize you.
1: Good point, yeah. When I'm all cleaned up and in here in front of the camera, I try to clean up my act a little bit, but you probably wouldn't recognize me on the dock. It's kind
2: of hard to keep clean when your your job is to clean heads on boats and things like that, isn't it?
1: <laughs> this is true. It's a little easier now. It's not 100 degrees out there. It's a yeah, little cooler. It's really been nice. Uh, the weather's uh, getting well other than the rain. And when I first pulled up here, I wasn't sure if I was at the right place because it wasn't raining. Yeah, it was It, it was amazing to be here, and it wasn't raining. And then, of course, it did. <laughs> About showtime, it started raining. So we're back on course with the weather and everything cooling down uh, it's a great time of year to go sailing but a lot of the regular activities around the lake are kind of starting to wind down yeah the end of the
2: end of the rum racing season the uh, wednesday night season is over but you know there's there's still regattas um on the weekends and i i think you guys still stay pretty busy don't you until uh into november or somewhere in there
1: yeah kind of usually the last hoorah of the season is the christmas boat parade which is actually coming up here before too long december 8th actually I know GBCA has the Chili Chase Regatta coming up. I think it's like the first
2: or second of December. I should know off the top of my head, but I don't. That's where we we have a chili cook-off and then a kind of fun, long-distance, informal, star-shaped pattern race, usually.
1: Oh, I'm going to have to look into that because that might be a fun one to do. Yeah. Yeah, with the rum race. So it was a great rum race season. Uh, We had a lot of fun on the Bohemian Mermaid. Had a pretty consistent crew that came out as far as... uh, people that joined us and uh i think we'd have done a lot better if we hadn't gone spin class but uh it's just a lot of fun to pop that chute and uh play with it and uh, le- learn a little bit more about it yeah you
2: guys looked good out there i like the uh the logo the mermaid logo on the front of the boat
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> a good looking boat i appreciate that um, wednesday nights i would think didn't work out with uh, half fast the boat i was racing on uh, earlier in the season hopefully we'll get that going again next year but Uh, Fortunately, Charles had some uh, health issues with that, but uh, we'll get going on there next year, hopefully. Um so I didn't really get to keep up with it quite as much. And uh how did that turn out, Kevin?
2: Oh, it was a beautiful season. Uh seemed like almost all of the races came together well. The weather was generally quite good for summertime, et cetera. I didn't I didn't see as much of the wayward pub out there as I expected to see. What was up with that?
1: Yeah, we just didn't get out quite as much. Um just b- were busy. Uh we had a busy season. Be honest, if we didn't have people that were signed up, I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> and we just didn't get out there. Sometimes at the end of the day, you're happy just to go home. Is what you're, you're driving every at. every now and then. It's nice to go home and wash clothes and dishes and mow the yard, right. <laughs> clean up after the doggies. I guess, like you said, the other thing's a big hoorah coming up in the next couple of weeks is going to be the uh, harvest moon. Yeah,
2: that's always always the big race of the year for, for well for most people. It is cruising boats in particular really love it.
1: Yeah, that's a fun one. It uh, really gets people an opportunity. What the, We had the show two or three weeks ago, I guess, talking a little bit about the history of it. And uh, uh, glad that that uh, bar room conversation developed into what, what is it, 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago, turned into what it is today. Because it is a great opportunity for people to go out and get offshore experience and uh, get down there and uh, see Porteranzas and to support that community, especially after everything they've been through. Yeah,
2: it'll be interesting to see what it looks like. Uh- what the recoveries looked like down there
1: i'm anxious too this will be the first year i've done it on a catamaran going on delta tango so that's exciting and i hope you can join us for that actually might happen i was looking at the history of some of these offshore races there used to be a whole
2: bunch of them and if you look at the courses and so forth i think the harvest moon course probably is one of the most right length right distance etc i think the reason that race has survived is probably it's just just right you know yeah it is not too long it's not too short it's good destination
1: yeah definitely and uh generally a pretty good time of year for uh, winds and weather hopefully it's clear and you can see that beautiful moon come up over the uh, east horizon
2: yeah everybody always likes to point out i think it's it's actually a hunter's moon it's not the harvest the harvest moon is the one the, the before that
1: yes mm-hmm. yeah that is true Alari likes to bring that up she uh It's into all that mythology when she actually taught a class for that in high school when she was there. And she was like, that's not even the Harvest Moon. (laughs) (laughs) The boat parade, like we mentioned, is coming up. There are a lot of different ways to participate in that. Either decorate your boat, uh, just go out and anchor and watch it. Find somewhere along the shoreline to watch it. It's amazing what some of these people do to their boats for that. Is Windward planning on having an entry? Actually, I'll be in Las Vegas watching George Strait, Robert Earl Keen, and I'll love it myself. Oh, poor Daryl. <laughs> yeah, that was something. And uh, hopefully we get to go to that National Finals rodeo, too, a little off topic. But I've never done that. And I've always wanted to, so it's a little bit of a bucket list. Hmm. But we um, do have some people that I think are going to be interested in it and, uh, with Suzanne. And uh, uh, some people, hopefully, to help support here uh, we will be able to, to accommodate you sit out and watch the boats go by, and a lot of them have their stereos blaring and yeah. lights all over them. Amazing what they do with some of these boats for these decorations. It's really cool. If you hadn't seen it, you really should go out and check it out.
2: Usually I'm, I'm, I'm happy because you would think there'd be a hell of a lot of Christmas trees out there because the rigs would turn into Christmas trees so easily, but most people are more creative than, than that. They
1: really are. I've even seen two boats combined, and the front one, well, I guess actually the back one was Santa's sleigh, and the front boat was the reindeer. So it looked <laughs> (laughs) like it was a reindeer in the front pulling the sleigh so you're right they do get really creative but that does kind of turn into the uh, end of the year and uh, wrap things up for a large part of the boating community mainly because of weather you never know what's coming up And that kind of turns into the maintenance time of year for us. We catch up. I know one thing that I've discovered over the last month or so is uh, we've got a lot of uh, port lights and hatches that need uh, resealing. A lot of leaks going on. Yeah, that's a big one. And uh, it's kind of like almost literally when the roof leaks, when it's uh, raining, you can't do it and fix it and then when it's not you don't need to and when uh, it's not it's <laughs> harder
2: to find it sometimes
1: exactly so i actually went through the other day and uh, walked through the boats while it was pouring down raining and kind of made some notes of where it was coming from and things like that so that is one of my uh things i plan to do in this off season being a little bit slower that time of year one thing i'm really looking forward to and excited about is our january trip that we do every year where are you going this year we are going to Grenada and the Grenadines. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We're starting in Grenada, I think, on January 5th, if I remember correctly. Getting on the boat, and then we're going up to St. Vincent. We've got some people that are going to be getting off the boat in St. Vincent. Some people that are going to be getting on the boat in St. Vincent. And then we're turning around going back to Grenada. Grenada, that's, that's uh, down towards Venezuela, isn't it? Yes. It's uh, the last of the until you get to trinidad and tobago it's the bottom one of the i guess traditional what you think of caribbean chain that's actually where laurie and i got married um i don't remember seven eight years ago something like that
2: hard to believe it's that long
1: ago (laughs) it really is those of you that remember the big trimaran ultra that was around here with bill and joanne harris uh they were there at the time and we flew down there and uh got married on ultra and uh Great experience. Got the first time I got to see the green flash you hear so much about. Oh, really? Yeah, it was pretty cool. So that kind of takes us through things that are coming up, uh, going into uh, the next year. And of course, next year, uh, if you've listened to our last show, you know that's uh, the construction's coming, right? For better or for worse. I think overall it's going to obviously be for the better. We might have some uh growing pains with it
2: i wasn't going to say so on our last show but i'm sure it's going to take 10 times longer than everybody thinks it's going to take it seems to be the the traditional construction
1: uh, we'll make it we'll bear through it hopefully the boat traffic isn't uh, i try not to go north of the lake and go over the bridge myself anyway other things we're going to be bringing up on this show is uh, which is also a good time of year to kind of move into lessons Kind of get more details. We were talking about lessons a lot on the show. I'll kind of obviously do my shout out, trying to get people to come give me money to take lessons. <laughs> but a big part of that is Kevin was like, you know, a lot of these people probably don't even know what you're talking about when you spit out these numbers.
2: Yeah, you put out you put out a- ASA one hundred and one. What does what does that mean and what does it entail? Is kind of uh, if somebody needs to take lessons and they don't know what the lessons are, then they're not going to know they need to take the lesson.
1: And that's what something we're going to try and fix today and go over. Some of the classes are on the water, which is a good time. I mean, for example, the docking, uh, a lot of times you get out on the water, even in the summertime, it's not too bad. But once you get back in the marina, it's a little hot. For example, the docking class is a great one to take uh, this time of year because uh, you're stuck in the marina and pulling in and out of the dock. It's a lot cooler uh, this time of year, especially if it's raining. <laughs> well, if it's <laughs> raining, which leads me to the next one I was going to mention, is the 105, which is the coastal navigation. Um, that's a good one because that's all classroom. So that's a good one to uh, schedule this time of year as well. All right. So that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a break here before we move into uh, talking about the lessons. You're listening to Sea Venture Radio powered by Windward
2: Sea Venture on VinylDraftRadio.com. And we'll be right back.
0: Sea Venture Radio is powered by Windward Sea Venture Sailboat Charter Company, an ASA certified sailing school providing sailboat chartering and sailing lessons on Clear Lake for over 20 years. Call 281 467 2279 or go to windwardseaventure.com. And while you're there, check out Clear Lake's newest ultimate floating object, Windward's Wayward Pub, now available for sunset happy hours, lake tours, and more windward sea venture located on pier three in waterford harbor Kima, texas we'll be right back
1: daryl here with kevin in this episode or this segment of this episode we're going to kind of hopefully answer some questions about some of the lessons that we offer and the lessons that are provided out there
2: So I've watched uh, for years now as people will come in to take lessons from you, and I've never actually seen you teach the classes because I'm never on the (laughs) boat with you. So uh, what does uh, ASA 101 entail? What kind of things do you cover?
1: So the 101 class is the basic intro class. So it covers the parts of the boat, what each of those parts do, and it's just kind of the bare bones, nuts and bolts of what it takes you to get out there to safely operate the boat and go sailing so you're gonna it's gonna be like your port and starboard main sheet exactly. jib sheet exactly what a halyard is and how it how you pull it up exactly so that's what i we start off exactly I mean, the whole of the boat port Starboard talk about the uh, jib sheets, the two jib sheets, and the main sheets. And have you have too much room and lose control? Of your three sheets to the wind. <laughs> Try to use things like that to uh, help people remember what the things are. How, how much docking is covered? Is it like the cleat hitch and that kind of thing? Or we do basic docking. Uh, what we spend, I don't know, depending on the size of the group or the class, uh, we definitely spend some time docking that's something that i think is a perk of our all the schools in the area do teach the docking obviously you got to get back but what sets us separate from some of the other schools is we teach on a little bit bigger boat than they do we teach on a boat that has a steering wheel rather than a tiller we teach on a boat that has a head which is a toilet on a boat which uh for the ladies that tends to be uh something they desire uh, and also we boats we teach on have bimini so in those hot August months. Uh, uh, there is shade provided. Yeah, that sounds like a, a big advantage. If you do the 101 class, the basic keelboat class, uh, you get a year of our discounted club rate, we call it. So you do get discounts on the chartering for a year after taking that. I guess another advantage of using a
2: larger boat is that a lot of the people who are taking these courses are interested in either going to the islands where they're going to be in a much bigger boat, or maybe they're going to buy themselves a cruising boat or something like that.
1: Yeah, generally the you kind of don't move into that size boat until the 103, 104. The reason we go ahead and and that's a double-edged sword of that. So, if you're really wanting to get more into learning the details of sailing and maybe because you have a desire to maybe go race or something like that or want to just stick with the smaller dinghy-sized boat sailing, it is great to learn with a tiller. But most of the people that come to us are already a little bit older. Uh, They have a family or groups of friends that want to go out, and they're just wanting to go out and enjoy a nice, relaxing day on the water, or like you said, Kevin, uh, in the future go and uh, charter elsewhere. Uh, So we kind of allow you to skip a step, to go ahead and get used to steering with a steering wheel rather than a tiller. and. Getting used to an inboard engine rather than an outboard. You know, there, there are um, some
2: people who argue about, you know, you should learn how to sail on a dinghy or something like that. And I think there's something to be said about being on a really small boat to learn the wind and how to react to it. But, you know, on the other hand, most of the people out there are interested in, in you know, they may show up and already own a Beneteau 40 or something like that. You and know. they're like, well, I really need to learn how to sail, because I, I didn't do that before I bought the boat, I realized
1: Yeah, we do have a lot of people like that um, we even sometimes if you have a boat and you're just having some trouble with some things, we can actually teach you on your own boat as well. Okay, so um, what is the ASA 103? What,
2: you, what is the basic coastal cruising? What do you teach there? So
1: that when it gets into a bigger boat, we normally, or just about always, teach that in a com- what we call the combo class, which is a 103, 104, and kind of combine that um the 103 in and of itself it gets more into the systems of the boat with the assumption you've already had the well you it's a prerequisite to already have the 101 so the assumption is you already have experience sailing it gets into anchoring it gets into how you use the s- systems of the boat like i said it's a bigger boat there's a little bit more docking especially docking with bigger boats as well do you guys look in uh look at the bilge pump and that kind of thing open up the hatch and exactly yeah you go in it uh, gets into the Bilge pump, what it does, how it works, through holes, and what they go to and what their purpose is. Right, how to close one if there's a problem. Exactly. That kind or of Or
2: plug it if there's, it breaks. So uh, bareboat chartering, you, what else do you cover regarding that?
1: So in the bareboat, it gets a little bit more into navigation, provisioning. This is the one that a lot of times is required if you go down to the islands. So if you're going out for a weekend or you're going out for a week, Things that are going to be better to have on a boat that aren't going to spoil or aren't going to roll around or where you store that once you get onto the boat. You make sure to warn people to never bring bananas on the boat. Is that uh... <laughs> that's, a, that's a test question? 13.
2: I think. <laughs> <laughs> just in case somebody doesn't know, bananas are supposedly uh, unlucky on boats.
1: Yeah, I've heard different stories on that. Actually, one, I, they bring spiders. I've seen uh, uh,
2: boat owners actually get angry with people who will bring a banana (laughs) where the people are looking around. Like, what are you talking about? I had no idea. Yeah. All right. So ASA one Oh five coastal
1: navigation. So that one is an intense navigation course. That one, I've had captains that have uh, got their captain's license, and they say that was tougher than the Coast Guard test. Oh, really? Yeah, that it's an intense course. So you break
2: out the charts, and yeah, you're actually doing paper charts and the whole deal.
1: Right. That's kind of what I mentioned earlier, that uh, that's a good one to take in the winter months, if you want to, because you can come out, and it's a classroom. With all these classes, if once you sign up, we will mail you a book ahead of time so you have time to look over and kind of familiarize yourself with what you've gotten yourself into. Uh, the 105, there's a lot of preparation. When you show up, you're expected to have already done a lot of like the workbook and some of the charting and plotting. So it's more or less the first day is a tutorial and the second day is an actual Testing. So you're going over compass correction and all those kinds of all things. All those types of things, yeah. It's a it's a great course for those of you that are interested. To in, uh, be honest with you, I would, wouldn't mind going back through and freshening up. I, I've had my license now for over 20 years, and I definitely, of course, when you renew, you just go and pee in a right. cup and take a physical, and that's pretty much all there is to it. know log your time of course but i mean with nowadays with all the technology everybody just gets so dependent on your phone app or your chart plotter or whatever Uh, but if you need it it's a good thing to make sure you've got refreshed
2: yeah i I thought it was interesting the coast guard uh i think they finally did go ahead and say the electronic charting was was adequate and you didn't have to carry the paper charts anymore which surprised me but i um you know, it, it seems pretty reasonable. If you if you have reliable electronics, they're better than the paper charts because they're updated. That so. is
1: true. It doesn't hurt to have them, though. I definitely recommend because uh, buddy of mine, Nick, he's a towboat captain. And he said every port they're going to pass, he makes sure that they have paper charts for just in case things do uh, I mean, a yeah. lightning strike or whatever. Take some of those things out. Absolutely. Or some, you know, yeah. weird government plot could take
2: GP, <laughs> GPS
1: out. <laughs> Well, we've got the new space, what is it, the Space Army or Space Force? that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, 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 we're not going there. (laughs) Okay, so um,
2: I guess the next is Advanced Coastal Cruising, ASA 106.
1: The 106 is really the biggest difference in that one is that you do a night passage and a night approach. Uh, So that gets you out there uh, starting to get used to doing watches and watching for lights and... So they'd be offshore, coming into the jetties
2: in Galveston or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, that 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 actually is something really valuable for people who haven't done it before. I know just how confusing the lights can be when you're approaching Galveston. Sometimes it it takes a while to see the, the you know the green and the red and and, yeah. and all the other light that's down there because it's you know lit yep. up like a football field.
1: Yeah. The trick is, and I mean, even just coming in, I, I know when I was growing up. Coming into the Kima channel, it used to be a lot easier because there weren't near as many lights in the background, but now there's so much light pollution, for lack of better words, it's. uh but especially when you're coming into somewhere new that you hadn't been before and you aren't sure what you're looking at. Yeah, and, and just getting used to
2: looking for lights takes, you know, it's a skill. Yeah, it really is. Okay, so ASA
1: 114, the catamaran course. That is one that... Uh, it is what it is. It's a catamaran. That one, the 101, 103, and 104 are all prerequisites for that. A lot of these are basically their building blocks. Almost all are prerequisites to the next one. Uh, so, for example, you can't take the 106 until you've taken the 105. You don't necessarily need those for the catamaran course, but you do have to have the one hundred three, 101, 103, and 104. Uh, but the catamaran course is gets you in. It's already the, assuming you know how to sail with the prerequisites, um, but it gets into... Maneuvering the boat, just about all, I'm sure there's an exception if I say all of them, but the monohulls are all single screw with one propeller. So it's uh, operating and maneuvering and docking that is a lot different than a twin screw boat. There's a boat with two propellers, which a or most of the catamarans are. I guess all the catamarans are some tri-holes have them, a single screw. It
2: seems like from what I've seen the the people who have any experience with a catamaran it's almost easier to to get it into the the dock etc other than the just the size. Most catamarans are very large and that's where you might have an experience problem but it looks like the twin screws give you a big advantage in trying to just keep put the boat where you want to put it.
1: They really do once you get used to it. But like you said the biggest thing is overcoming the size. Uh you don't have as much visibility yeah, there's a lot of blind spots. Just the size overall is intimidating. Um, like I've mentioned before, um, previous episodes, is it's one thing when you're driving a boat that size out in the middle of the Caribbean and pulling up to a mooring area that the boats are all spread out, but it's a little different when you're coming under the Kima Bridge and tight quarters. Okay, so the, uh, the ASA 118 docking endorsement. A couple of other things real quick on the 114. It also goes into coming up to mooring balls and... Uh, the, uh, anchoring a cat, man overboard with the cat. So basically everything that you do that might not necessarily be the same as a monohull, but it does for a, uh, cat. I guess
2: partially it's, it's because the the boat doesn't like to, to tack as much. It's harder to get a t- catamaran to tack than it is to get a monohull to tack. Yeah. For example, yeah, so there's, if there's a man overboard, you're, Maneuverability is different.
0: It definitely is. Sea Venture Radio is powered by Windward Sea Venture Sailboat Charter Company, an ASA certified sailing school, providing sailboat chartering and sailing lessons on Clear Lake for over 20 years.
1: Well, let's go ahead and take a break here. We'll be back talking a little bit more about uh, advancing your sailing education.
2: You're listening to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture, on finaldraftradio.com and we'll be right back.
0: Call 281-467-2279. Or go to WinwardSeventure.com. While you're there, check out Clear Lake's newest ultimate floating object. Windwards Wayward Pub, now available for sunset happy hours, lake tours, and more. Windward Sea Venture, located on Pier 3 in Waterford Harbor, Kima, Texas. Welcome back to Sea Venture Radio, powered
1: by Windward Sea Venture on Vinyl Draft Radio. You're here with Kevin and Daryl. And we're talking about some of the lessons uh, Kevin got on me about talking all these numbers in ASA 101 and 103, and he said, I don't think anybody knows what you're talking about. They'd have to Google it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're kind of giving a little bit of an explanation on what it's all about. So let's talk about the docking endorsement. That is one that I really wish more people would do. <laughs> It's it's funny in a lot of ways. A, I'll go up to a Sundance Grill there in Waterford Harbor and uh, find out that somebody's over there on Pier 2 that lives aboard or is just down for the weekend, and they said, we have such a good time watching your charters come in and dock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they just sit out there and have their adult cocktail and uh, watch the uh, charters come in. Most everybody does a really good job, and it's something that if you don't do it a lot, Everybody always says, "Well, Daryl, you do such a good job at this." Well, yeah, I do it every day. Right. Um, it's. I mean, it's just like anything else. I mean, if you practice, the more you practice, the more you're, the better you're going to get at it. But this docking endorsement class really kind of talks you through a lot of the physics of it, and that's the bottom line of what it comes down to is a prop walk and all the rest of it right you
2: have got a keel underneath you so it's not like driving a, a regular powerboat
1: exactly i mean the prop walk the pivot point on where the keel is uh what the wind effect is uh, fortunately at least where we're at there's not a lot of current effect but uh if there is current and how that's going to affect you it talks about how you can use your lines once you make contact with the dock so that's what happens with a lot of people. They get in, and the, they might get one line on, and then the wind blows the boat away from the dock. So ways you can uh, kind of overcome that and deal with that. Uh, but that's a class, and again, like I said earlier, it's, this is a good time of year to take that class because it's not quite as hot because you're in the marina. it might not have the breeze that you would if you were out actually sailing, but that's a class I really encourage people to uh, take you're probably
2: also motivated by the fact that you don't have to clean all the smudge marks off the hulls from people bouncing the boats <laughs> off the dock because which i've done myself
1: <laughs> well i've done as well i mean I, I mean you there's times especially depending on what direction the wind's blowing it's more difficult than others but yes that uh it's very frustrating and to me, whenever an owner's just invested seven eight hundred dollars in a compound and wax job, and the boat looks beautiful, and somebody comes in and runs a big black mark down the side from the little rubber stuff on the docks.
2: Yeah, you don't just you don't just put the boat in gear and turn the wheel and motor out of the slip because you're going to slam the side <laughs> of the boat into the drag the side yeah. of the boat all the way down to the dock if you're not.
1: Yeah, not paying attention. That's a good point because it's not just just docking, it's departing as well. Because we you nailed exactly what you said happens more than what you would think. So uh, moving on to the diesel class, what is the diesel
2: class going to be all about?
1: The diesel class, the basic diesel class, and this is one that um, it's October 20th is when we're offering that. Uh, it kind of goes over the basic function of how a diesel engine works, talks, it goes through changing filters, impellers, uh, oil changing, uh, bleeding the system. All things that are really important. And why I bring up October 20th being an important date is those of you weren't, that are heading offshore for the harvest moon, this is when a lot of people find their problems. Yeah. Uh, especially if they have a new boat and a fuel tank that's maybe not been cycled that much and has some sediment and water or whatever that may have accumulated in that tank. And then they get offshore and the engine dies and they're like, what happened? I'd say 80 to 90% of the time, it's your filters. There's something uh, with the fuel system in diesel. That's why I like diesel so much because I'm not much on the uh, electrical. I'm not that electric.
2: Not yeah. a big fan of ignition systems? Is that what you're driving right. in at? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Diesel is pretty simple. That's how I like it.
2: It is funny. People will be really intimidated by diesels because they're not around them very often. And it seems like they're simpler. You know, they they really people experience
1: them. They realize they're actually simple. You don't have the distributor and the spark plugs and the timing and all that extra stuff. But the diesel class—it's a good one to maybe take uh, for the Harvest Moon. That's are you going to be?
2: Are you going to be, be introducing problems and in having the diesel have a little air in it or something like that, or is it just more basic?
1: It's—it's. It's, they'll talk a little bit about that as far as the problems. We'll actually go through the process of changing the filter. So that being said, you will have to bleed it a little bit, uh, or at least see the process of bleeding it. Um, Probably get a little there. bit of
2: rough running. Yeah. You know, after you change the filters, it's not unusual to have to bleed it twice. Yeah. Uh,
1: so that's a good class that I recommend uh, that's coming up. Uh, for all these classes, uh, for example, we've got an ASA 101, which is refreshing memory. is that basic intro class. Uh, we've got one coming up October 13th and 14th, which is this weekend, and then another one in November uh, 3rd and 4th. Uh, the 103-104, like I said, we normally do that as a combo class. Uh, We've got one of those coming up in November, uh, November 9th to 11th. And that's the one that kind of gets you in the next step after your intro class. uh, Systems of the boat, a little bit more in docking and basic navigation, uh, provisioning, and kind of gets you started if you're wanting to head down island and charter something. Um, Again, that's November 9th and 11th. Uh, The 105, we've got one November 17th and 18th. That's the Coastal Navigation. That's the one. If you want to do that one, you need to plan a little bit ahead because you've got some work to do ahead of time and some studying and uh, plotting and things like that before you take the class. But that's a good one this time of year if the weather's bad and it's all inside. Um, The 106, the Advanced Coastal Cruising, which is that overnight underway. That's November 16th to 18th. Catamaran class. We've got two this week. Uh, We've got a class. We have a couple of gentlemen that wanted to go. They couldn't go any other time other than during the week, so we made a special class for them on October 11th and 12th, which is this week. If you can, uh, we got room in that if you want to come join them. And then also, we had our regularly scheduled class the 13th and 14th, uh, which is this weekend. Docking endorsement, we don't have anything scheduled right now, but uh, just call us and we can um, arrange something because that's one I'm really wanting. Uh, getting towards the end of the year, we don't have our. Uh, 2019 it's hard to believe that we're saying that we don't have our 2019 calendar yet and uh, we don't have any uh, classes really scheduled much for December because things kind of slow down but if you want to take that just give us a call 281-467-2279 and that's 281-467-2279 or uh, send us an email at windwardcventure at gmail.com and we can get you in that docking class and the diesel class, October 20th, like I've already mentioned a couple of times. It's a good one um, to think about before the harvest moon. Uh, getting your captain's license is another uh, another common thing people do down here. Yeah, and that's something that I had a conversation with a gentleman just this last weekend, uh, Andy. Uh, he's uh, participated in a few of our classes and was one of their standard crew on the rum races, and he was talking about how he can get more involved. Well, he's got a lot of time on other boats. He's a pretty avid fisherman. So he's got time to work. He was like, well, how can I get out here and get more time sailing? And I said, well, you've had your license before and you've got time on the water. I mean, you've done decent amount of sailing with us this year. Why don't you just get your license and you can come out and get more experience, just taking people out and getting on the water. Of course, um, in the option, like we, we'd have the
2: sailing angels people. Uh, If you want time on the water, you can always volunteer with them.
1: That's a great point. I didn't even think about that when he was having this discussion, but, uh, Yeah, Andy, that, what Kevin just said. (laughs) And if you get your license, something that uh, we uh, are looking for is more instructors, uh, where you can actually be with ASA instructor. If you've got sailing experience and you're out there, if you already have your license, uh, you give us a call. We don't have any of the instructor certifications coming up, but there are some I know in the area that uh, we definitely encourage you to do
2: how much is, is there a cost involved in all of that do you have any idea
1: there is but i don't know um, we tried to put on one of these at one time and to be honest with you it ended up being a little bit more work and yeah. uh, uh there was it's a long story i don't want to get into that but i just as assume uh, support those other organizations that are out there that are uh, uh, doing it and uh, pe- send people that we want to uh become instructors to them and uh We're always looking for, uh, I mean, we've got a handful of great instructors, but sometimes they're out on deliveries uh, or on teaching uh, another class. Uh, So we're always uh, looking for instructors. So if that's something you think you might be interested in, um, give us a call and uh, we'd like to uh, talk to you about it. So other things that are coming up that uh, we talked a little bit about that in the first segment, but uh, don't forget about the Sailing Angels and the Waterford uh, Yacht Club regatta coming up October 20th. Uh, Again, stressing that that is a great opportunity to do a little shakedown with your uh, crew for the Harvest Moon, Um, get out there on the water and uh, positions assigned or whatever your situation might be. Uh, And it's for a great organization, as uh, hopefully you saw last week's or two weeks ago's episode.
2: Yeah, it's a a charity regatta. So even if
1: you want to sign up and not not actually race, it's it's a donation to a, a good cause. Yeah, if you don't want to race, but you want to come down for that October 20th uh, diesel class, uh, you could go over to the party for it and contribute there as well. They're going to have a silent auction, I know. Uh, you got an opportunity to uh, get a cruise on Delta Tango. It's going to be one of the items, a big Fontaine Peugeot uh, Helio 44 catamaran that's in the fleet. Uh, it's an item that's a silent auction item, uh, but that. Come out, get your diesel class on, and then go grab a bite to eat and uh, enjoy the post-party for the uh, Sailing Angels Waterford Yacht Club uh, regatta. Good way to meet a lot of fellow sailors. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great point is uh, we talked about almost a whole episode about education, but I don't think I've ever learned as much exponentially as when I got into racing. So even if you're not really into racing yourself and don't think you'd like to, uh, I think, uh, organizations like GBCA, Galveston Bay Cruising Association, uh, regattas like this and after parties where you can meet people. And, uh, even if you just ride along as rail meet, but just stay observant, uh, during the race or two, you might do with them is, uh. It's a great learning experience and nothing else, even if you just have your own boat, just to see how other people do things on other boats.
2: Yeah, I think I think the best thing about racing is that you, all the details that you just would never never even think about on a cruising boat. You know, To try to make the boat go straight upwind as close as you yeah. can takes a lot more trimming of the sails and, and so forth than, than, than what you're going to learn just cruising.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree 100%. And uh, it's just fun. I mean, like I said, uh, just nothing else, just to see how other people do things, even from one boat to the other. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture on Vinyl Draft Radio. Thank you for joining us. Uh, stop by and see us at Windward Sea Venture. We're located on Pier 3 in lovely Waterford Harbor. Or uh, you can check us out on the, the internet, uh, windwardseaventure.com. Give us a call at 281. 281- 467-2279, or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. If you have any questions, suggestions, or ideas for Sea Venture Radio, shoot us an email at SeaVentureRadio at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next time to Kevin and I here on Vinyl Draft Radio. And as always, get out on the water
0: and feel the heel. Sea Venture Radio, a weekly radio show dedicated to those who love life on the bay. Sea Venture Radio. Tuesday afternoons at 2, powered by Windward Sea Venture in Kima, exclusively on Vinyl Draft Radio.